Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Greetings. Welcome to the podcast. It's Father Nathan and Father Michael. Hello. Flolo. Not the Father Michael that you heard two weeks ago, who's back in action, but uh, the uh, the new updated Michael. <laughs> the Irish one. All right. What's going down? Anything? No, I'm perfectly content right now, actually. Yeah, it's ta- good. He had some taco salad. Some taco salad. Feeling pretty good. Mixed together by me, but made by someone from your parish, right? Christy Zakrupski. Ah. Yep. Uh, so um, I asked what they were making for yak night at our parish, and they were making taco salad. And I, I do have a special place in my heart for taco salad. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it just seems healthy enough. It's like, oh yeah, I'm really doing something good for my body. I can have an extra cookie. I, I had put a, some tomatoes. I had a sal- I had a salad today. <laughs> but uh, so they made it. So I made her and her husband save me some, which it was really classy because um, they put it all in a bag. You know, nice. The they didn't have enough like Ziploc bags. So do you know what they, you know what they used for the cheese container? Cling wrap. Uh, nope. Oh. Uh, one of those uh, those. Uh, hand those those gloves, <laughs> gloves. those plastic gloves <laughs> nice. you have to wear in food service and i was like looking and i was like this bag looks so weird and then all of a sudden i like pulled it out and all the cheese like went into the fingertips and i was like oh this is kind of lovely you had to blow it up to get it out so you can shake it out that's right yeah but thank you i actually almost hit christy the other day she was uh she was walking and uh she was crossing the street and uh i was turning left and just she was on the right hand side so i didn't but uh, she kind of looked at me, and I looked at her, and it was kind of like, hey. And then I just kept driving because I'm always late, so I was, like, on the move. And um, uh, she was actually listening to the podcast <laughs> while she was walking. And so then she heard me in her ear, and then all of a sudden she, like, sees me barreling down on her, and it was like this, you know, <laughs> cognitive dissonance. Yeah. So anyways. All right. Well, if we have no more banter, we've exhausted all of it. We've already talked about Ronda Rousey and everything else. Let's get right down to it, folks. So, um, what do you in the Eastern Church? Do you have like months that are dedicated to certain things? Uh, not really. Like Mary being the May being the month of Mary or yeah, June. Being not de- as deliberately as you guys do. No. So uh, we. We have entered into November when we commemorate, you know, the souls of all the faithful departed. Mm-hmm. And since we've already done that podcast, uh, we did an All Souls Day one. We did, um, gosh, what else do we do? If it don't match black, it's got to go back, um, which I think was just on Black Vestments, which yeah, might have been yeah. the same podcast. Um, but I want to, I want to spin a new yarn about uh, what I think November is actually pointing us to because. Um, Again, I don't know if your uh, lectionary is the same as ours, but ours is turning into the dark clouds and the doom and gloom. Mm. We're getting into the prophets. Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Apocalypse. Um, And uh, so it's getting to have us meditate on the four last things. So death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Mm. Um, And then uh, just like the second coming of Christ. And he's he's coming back, and and that was this last Sunday's readings, which was you know um, the sky will be darkened and the mm-hmm. stars will fall from the sky and whatever else. Um, 
but uh and then we're also reading the the minor prophets that are foretelling uh the day of the lord yep. and what that's going to look like we do that too we celebrate their feasts during these next 40 days because we actually started we started advent yesterday what in the byzantine church i missed it yeah which is i asked you if there was a sweet feast coming up and you said oh yeah christmas <laughs> well yeah obviously <laughs> Yeah, so the, I guess, yeah, Sunday, uh, November 16th was the uh, beginning of uh, what we call Philip's Fast, Filipovka. So it's the day after the Feast of St. Philip, we begin the 40-day preparation for Christmas. And that what, are you, was yesterday. what are you fasting? Uh, every diocese is different. Our bishops know that we're weak and so don't require any change. Um, but we're encouraged by our typicon, by our kind of ordo of prayer to uh, fast from meat, dairy, wine, and oil Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then only meat and dairy on the other days and then most people will take the weekends off from fasting okay it's and it was just less than the great fast than lent but it, it's still pretty hardcore so the taco salad was like uh uh near I occasion was, of sin. i was eating that out of charity what a good guy charity drums piety yeah the, you offered it the cheese the I cheese had. glove <laughs> the cheese glove yeah. that was your penance that was your penance um so as we're meditating upon the the four last things we're also getting to what is the judgment, and what what is the judgment going to look like, and and how do we how do we pass the judgment in a way? Right. Um, and I think there are four there are four saints that I've counted, and there may be more, uh, given the fact that you know we're only on the what is it today's the eighteenth, seventeenth, seventeenth. There may be a few more coming up that that I'll just have to add. But there's been four saints since November third that are all revolving around the same topic, which is service to the poor, which I think is a helpful way of framing, not just like, um, my judgment's going to look like, you know, what did you do wrong? You took that extra baby Ruth when you shouldn't have from Father Brady. He's just such a wicked guy. Um, But rather, what have you done? What have you done for for love of your brothers? And part of that stems from the last chapters of Matthew, when you have the, the... the king seated upon the throne, and he will call to them the, and separate them, sheep from the goats, mm. and he will say, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. Uh, naked, and you clothed me. Sick and imprisoned, and you visited me. Um, and, you know, come share your master's joy. Mm-hmm. So part of our judgment, as we know it, is not just, you know, sexual ethics. It's not just, did you, um, you know, evangelize other people? which can be a way of service to the poor, but that's a different topic. Um, uh, but rather, how are you fulfilling the corporal works of mercy? Right. Um, which we take in part from, uh, from, that, from that litany that you know, Jesus is going through. And we have four saints that, that show us ways in which to serve the poor. All right. Can you name any one of them? First is worth 10 points, second's 20, <laughs> third is 30, Last one's forty for a grand total of a hundred points. You're asking me, so so you're talking about the Roman calendar. I'm asking about yeah the the church's calendar, the church that you are in communion with. <laughs> okay, I, I do know one because yesterday we had mass with the companions, and it was Bridget of Scotland. Br- what did she do? She's the one that she was like had seven children. She started all these monasteries, what? and then she absolutely spent her time as an adult with. Even though she had seven kids, she was very well known for. Even though she was a queen, for lowering herself and and mm. u- using ha- serving the poor with her own hands. Okay, that one was not on the list of the four, but I will I will grant it. <laughs> 
number five points for an extra credit point of five points. And I saw on Facebook, who was the, uh, was it Sebastian, the soldier saint who took half his cloak and gave it to the, the there leper? you go. St. Martin of Martin of tours, Martin of tours. Yeah, that's right. Right. Okay. So the, so, um, he's, he's one of the first one, November 11th, Martin of tours was from the late, uh, fourth century. He had this vision of, of, of Jesus or actually, he had a vision of a poor man coming to him. Well, it was an actual poor man. It wasn't just a vision. Mm. Um, he sees an actual poor man cold, and uh, he takes his cloak, cuts it in half, gives it to this poor man. And then later in a vision, he sees uh, Jesus um, wrapped in his cloak. And he says, you know, like, you did this mm. for me. Um, which is amazing because actually, technically, I will I will say Martin of Tours is not worth ten points. Martin of Tours is worth forty points. Nice. Had, you're already almost to passing. Okay. Um. So so in the first you know centuries of the church, you already have kind of a demonstration of of Jesus uh, coming in the distressing disguise of the poor, mm. and I think that's important for us because uh, we associate that with whom. Who would you most likely say? Somebody says the poorest, the disguise of the poor, service to the poor. What recent saint would you say? Mother Teresa. I gave him that answer before. <laughs> oh come on! That's worth saying. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mother Teresa. We say, oh, Mother Teresa had this amazing insight. She's so great. She, you know, she was in her own time. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. She she received once again the same mandate um, from Christ, which is go into the into the slums, go into the places where the poor are and and serve them. Yeah. Frankly, I mean, like a lot of things that Pope Francis is saying, mm-hmm. he's just cheating off of Mother Teresa's, you know, final exam, which is... Was that a pun? Frankly, Pope Francis? Oh, no. Anyway. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. The, uh, Good job to you. So then, uh, so then, you know, he's saying go out to the peripheries. Well, yeah, yeah that's where the poor are. The poor yeah. are in the periphery. They are not usually in the spotlight. They're not usually in the center they're on the outskirts. They're in the places where we like to say, eh, why don't you stay over there um, until we need that place, and then we're going to push you somewhere else. Mm. Um, so then Martin of Tours, you know, a fourth century, we're already seeing that. Well, granted, there are saints long before that. I mean, yeah. um, St. Lawrence, um, St. Yes. Stephen, the yes. the Acts of the Apostles, you know, they were, and even Father Brian Larkin pointed out, St. Paul was saying that um, we received from the the brethren to do one very important thing, namely to serve the poor, and that was the one thing that we were desirous to do and when already says, doing. When he says saints, he means the poor of Jerusalem, mm. like the poor of the of where Jesus came from. So usually when he used the word saints, that's what he's referring to, those the holy poor who need our help. Yeah. yeah. So then we have another saint just two days later from November 11th, November 13th, um, who actually came to Colorado and served the immigrants and orphans here in Colorado. St. Francis Cabrini. St. Francis Cabrini. Yeah. Well done. You're already up to 50 points. Well played. <laughs> I just because of Colorado. I actually didn't know it was her feast. So, but, yeah. We had, a, we had a big feast day celebration for her. So, That's Mother right. Cabrina, uh, Mother Cabrini serving the immigrants uh, that came over. Um, and so, you know, really started in New York, moved to Chicago, and then eventually to Denver, all, all along founding schools, hospitals, and orphanages. Making her primary concern... Um, those who were outcasts, those mm. who people counted as, well, we're, we have this machine kind of running. These people don't fit in, so um, we're just going to keep on going. Mm. And she says, no, I'm, I'm going to make sure that these people are taken care of. Yeah. Um, 
the third one, um, well, well, we'll kind of make it easy. So uh, you have two Martins, Martin of Tours and Martin de Porres. There you go, yeah. Martin of the Poor. Okay, Martin of the Poor, and uh, he was a uh, Dominican porter, um, one of the first, um, one of the first, well, Africans, I guess, because he wa- he wouldn't be African American because he was in uh, where was he? Mm, Dominican Republic was a Dominican guess. Um, <laughs> uh, in the Caribbean somewhere. So then he was he was assisting with the the emig- the the slaves that were coming over on the slave ships. Okay. And when they arrived on the docks, they were exhausted. Many of them were sick. They were totally scared, obviously, because they'd been enslaved, brought to this new place, and he was going and just helping them with whatever he could find. Yeah. He would take them citrus fruits. Um, which maybe he knew was actually beneficial to them, but because of the the lack of sunlight and whatever else, they were more susceptible to scurvy. Um, and you know, the lack of you know citrus helps with yeah. that vitamin C and yeah. uh, vitamin D. I think helps with rickets. Anyways, um, so then uh, he made it his primary concern to help those who, again, were considered as nothing. Some people would even say they're subhuman, and rather he's like, no, these people deserve uh to not only be treated as um our brothers and sisters but also to to receive the gospel Mm -hmm. um so he baptized and um fed clothed and ministered to their needs okay last one he was from lima peru by the way peru siri told me god bless you siri nice job (laughs) siri um Uh, fourth one number four is today's today's feast and little clue um She shares, she is the patron saint of another Eastern church here in the Archdiocese. Saint Elizabeth of Hungary. There you go. Technically, it's Saint Cyril and Methodius, but it's in Saint Elizabeth (laughs) of Hungary Church. So, special greetings to uh, Father Chrysostom Frank and uh, uh, Dr. Marika Frank um, and their entire community there. Russian Byzantine Catholic community. Russian. Russian Russian Byzantine. so Nazdrovia to you. Yes. Um, and so Elizabeth of Hungary, interestingly enough, she was um, married, kind of like uh, Bridget of who'd you say Bridget? Scotland. Bridget of Scotland. Um, so I didn't count her. So I guess I should do my research a little better. <laughs> but very similar stories. So uh, of nobility, and um, she you know went out to serve the poor ones that were in her. Um, whatever kingdom yeah. and uh and used so much of her wealth to kind of just give give it away mm-hmm. it was like she's like the patroness of of wives who run up their husband's credit card yeah. um <laughs> so but actually interestingly enough she is the patron saint of of catholic charities mm. which uh, special greetings to our beloved Sinead Zaleski and mm-hmm. Becca Messel and the Palumbos and I don't know who else works down in Catholic Charities. You know anybody else? I don't know. A bunch of the volunteer. I don't know who no, works. I feel really bad. Yeah. Um, so, so Catholic Charities, which I think is interesting because uh, we have so far described. So you have Martin DePores, a Dominican lay brother, right. not a priest, I don't think. Um, but he was going around, you know, helping um, other people. You have Mother Cabrini, a consecrated uh, woman, a nun. Uh, sister who made it her apostolate. You have a lay woman 
who is uh, in Elizabeth of Hungary, who was affiliated. She was like a third order Franciscan. Mm. So she wasn't kind of a, a Franciscan sister, like full on vows and habits. Um, but she was married mm. until the time that her husband died. And then she devoted herself more to kind of the Franciscan lifestyle. Right. And then Martin of Tours, who was a soldier um, and not even baptized until after he had that vision of Christ, and then he became baptized and then later became uh, a bishop and founded, like, uh, all these, um, I think, monasteries Hmm. in France, okay? So you can see that the work of service to the poor is not just the duty of the priest, it's not just the duty of the sisters, it's not just the duty of the lay, or not just the duty of, you know, these organizations that we set up. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I give my money, I give my money to these other people, and they do it. It's like, no, we are called to actually be in service to the poor. Yeah. One of the most beautiful things. You got a per, you got 105. You got, you you got all of them, and you got five extra credit points. The Uh, only one, like when you told me the topic you were doing, the only one I thought I was going to get was St. Bridget, and that wasn't even one of them. (laughs) All the other ones, I was like, I have no idea. I almost looked up the the uh, Roman calendar before we sat down, but I didn't. I wasn't going to cheat. Cheating, cheat. But yeah, one of the most beautiful things is to see. I was trying to think of through the list. Like, do we have any saints that were homeless themselves? That like were, were saints because of the way that they lived the life of extreme poverty. Um, I know on the Byzantine calendar, there's at least one because my parish is named after something he witnessed, but. Well, is it uh, Abbot Zosima? Zos, well, he was kind of a wanderer. I mean, he would... Well, I mean, I, I like... Am I thinking of Zos? I'm thinking of Zenobia, St. Zenobia, and... Zenobius, yeah. Zenob- I, th- I thought that that was the woman. No, yeah. Mary of Egypt. Right. Mary of Egypt, and who was the other guy? Yeah, Zosimus. Zosimus. Yeah, okay. so, so, so they were, I mean, Mary of Egypt, too, is... We'll do a podcast on that one. Yeah, it's, it's quite that's, the scintillating story. Yeah, we should do it. That's a good idea. Um... But but like like Andrew the Fool for Christ and Epiphanius, yeah. like, like they, I mean I, I guess you could say they. Obviously, it's frustrating when people like, um, what's that guy's name? I can't think. But some actor who decided to like live a day on the street and see how it was and see if he could understand poverty. It's like you're full of it. Like you can't spend a day or a night or a weekend or a year on the street and and think you know what what poverty homelessness is really like because you always have somewhere to go. You have other friends. You have somewhere you can go back to. Um, like true homelessness. And I think that's why I like Andrew the Fool for Christ. He was the one who witnessed on October 1st in the year 9-11 that what our parish is named after Holy Protection. He witnessed the Theotokos come through the ceiling and pray, intercede with the people for the salvation of, of Istanbul, of Constantinople at the time. And, and, and so, but he decided to live a life of poverty, but he was a fool for Christ. He wasn't really, he didn't have a mental handicap, but he pretended he did in order to live a life of humility. But I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any saints. I mean, because it's we we need to be inspired by people that live normal lives that serve the poor, but also by people that live poverty and that that are receive charity and become saints by receiving charity. Well, mm-hmm. I got to think. Well, more I about think, that. but part of the reason why that God favors the poor is they have an utter dependence upon the Lord to exactly. provide for them. Yeah. Um, and whereas like, I'm like, well, if things go bad. I've got a credit card. Yeah. Things go bad. I've got a house. I've got a family, yeah. you know, um, and I've got security. And for them, like there really is um, this dependence 
on the on the Lord and upon the the charity and really justice of their neighbor. Yeah. And uh and that's it's beautiful to see when it's actually done well. Um like service to the poor and not just I'm just going to pop in, right. do my thing, which I've done before. Yeah. And I remember the first time my mom I I really ticked off my mom and for my for my punishment instead of being grounded, I had to go down to the the soup kitchen mm. and just like unload like a tremendous amount of like canned goods and stack them in the right places. Mm. And I just remember being amazed, one, that there were so many people that would donate um, so much food because I don't really think that there's that many people that would need it. Okay. And then to actually see the people that would come in yeah. and to see like their gratitude um, that there was this place for them helped me really not to be such a snit you know, whenever mm. I got back home. Right. But I knew that it was like, great, I only have to be here from 8 to noon. <laughs> and then I'm going to go somewhere and, like, get a get a drink and just say, okay, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. They didn't touch me. Yeah. You know, they didn't. They, like, I'm not that life. Yeah. Um, but then there have been other times where um, I've seen people who you befriend and, like, love these people. Yeah. Um, my dad, uh, he met um, uh, Burger King Bob. Uh, Bob, the homeless guy, Bob was mm. was panning for money outside of the Burger King. And my dad was like, he's like, hey, um, you know, like, can I can I get you someplace to stay or whatever else? And he started a conversation with him. Bob's like, actually, I make like, you know, uh, like over one hundred and fifty dollars a day, oh you know, gosh. like doing this. Yeah. It was in Decatur. Um, and uh, so I have a room. Uh, but it wasn't a house. It's just a room right. and a motel room and everything. Right. So then my dad, like, you know brought him home and we were like what in the heck is this you know and so my mom i think i've told this story before but my mom made chicken and dumplings which yeah. is super good and bob gets there and he says eh, i don't like chicken and dumplings hmm. and i said to myself huh beggars can be choosers yeah. <laughs> um but uh so then th- but he carried this conversation on with bob and then it turns out he was actually raising money so that his mom could um could get into a stable nursing home hmm. and he was like 70 at that point wow. so his mom was like 90 something yeah and uh they got her into a nursing home um and so this ongoing relationship whereas like as a kid i was just like don't let this guy in like we don't need we don't want to get what he has yeah but like the fact that my my parents actually showed me no like we should we should have relationships yeah. you know that are that are much more than just do you need anything yeah you know yeah, St. John Chrysostom, speaking of saints in November, he was just on our calendar. Um, he's in September. Yeah. <laughs> on our calendar, he's in November. And uh, we... <laughs> extra we had, bonus points. <laughs> extra bonus points. Uh, so we had a... He, he said there should be a... Every home should have room for the poor. Mm-hmm. Like every single household should have somewhere where they could welcome the poor. Like welcome the needy, welcome the traveler. And I mean, that that's just powerful to think that, that you know, I really do think it's it's one at a time like we 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 get overwhelmed when we think about trying to solve homelessness. Absolutely overwhelmed. They're, the solutions are are just not there. We've kind of tried everything. Jesus is the poor you will always have with you. But if we can, like you said, make those relationships with one person, like they are dependent upon God for their daily sustenance. And if we can be the hands of God in that way for the daily sustenance, they might, through the relationship we have with them, actually teach us how to be more dependent upon God. And it's like even in our even in our as we act as God, 
as we see them receive from us as if from God, we're also teaching us how to depend upon God and especially how to depend upon God through each other. And and that actually builds up our relationships with those who can provide us with what we need. We, we are all needy, and so we all need God, but we need God in different ways. So we can actually seek help from others in a more humble and, you know, poverty of spirit type way as we offer to those as the hands of God, as God uses us in that way to help those who are also poor. And it's, it's very much a symbiotic, mutual type thing that yeah. we're both growing in. And that has to happen through relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a classic phrase, which is there, but for the grace of God, mm-hmm. go I. And we don't know what's happened in these people's lives um, or what's already, you know, kind of still happening in these people's lives that would make them because Archbishop Shapu told me, told, probably told you the same thing. There are so many people who are on the streets because they choose to be on the yeah. streets. They don't want to live, you know. And for, for a lot of them, it's because they've been hurt in community, whether mm-hmm. in family or in relationships or whatever else, or they've done the hurting in the relationships or in the family, and just as a self punishment, they say, "I'm I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna take this natural mm-hmm. good that is there." Um, but then when you actually start encountering the poor, you start saying to yourself, where would I be without God? Yeah. Because it's not just my ingenuity. It's not just my birth. It's not just my you know great intellect. All those things were given to me. The right. stability in my life was given to me. Right. The intellect I have was given to me. The, the physical uh, abilities or mental abilities or um, freedom from addiction, in some sense, has been given to me. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 I start to rediscover for myself, I'm dependent, I'm poor, um, and I, I, need, I need the Lord just as much as these people do. And it's actually really sad that, that when, because some people do choose to be homeless, but they choose to be homeless because the normal world of having a home and, and having responsibilities and paying taxes and all things, that world is unattractive to them because there many of them are victims. So if they're victims of abuse, that they're the victims of whatever, and they they're more attracted to the life of the street, that's a really sad statement about the normal world. That's a really sad statement about ordinary society that they'd rather be outside of ordinary society. They choose that, but they choose it because they were a victim in a sense of something that happened in normal society. So if there was only a way of us saying, like, for those who were abused, I mean, I, I know people that, that were, you know, that were doing crystal meth at five years old because they were given by their parents. Like, how wow. do you recover from that? Like, yeah. you've been doing crystal meth and before you know. It's like you, you're, you're a victim of, of something else. And so instead of saying, I choose, even though I'm a victim, I choose to kind of get back into the, the quote, normal world. I, I have to separate myself and be someone on the outskirts. And I mean, we, we, you know, we tend to look down on them, but we should really be trying to change the society, which they don't want to be part of. So they want to be yeah. part of that society again, a society that can be healing, a society that can be, be home, it can be comfort. The fact that they don't see that as comfort or home is more a statement, I think, about, about us than it is about them in a way, you know, and every person is different. That's why relationships are important. Let me hear your story. Let me tell you mine. And let's start there with you, individual. I'm not going to judge you based on these other people that I've seen. I want to hear your story and, and how can we get you so that you're not a drain on society and so that you are you're happy, healthy, holy in a way that that is a part of society because we each need each other rather than having to have people live on the outskirts, even if they're doing it out of choice because the normal societies hurt them somehow. Yeah. And we should see we should see service um, to the to our brothers and sisters, 
not just as a duty, but as a gift, Mm -hmm. as a gift that God has given us to carry on his mission. I mean, uh, we are um, part of one body in Christ. And so when a member assists another member, when when another person encounters another person, it's just the body of Christ in deeper communion instead of just like um, isolating into kind of factions or ideological, you know, kind of preferences or whatever else. Um, I'm very proud at at our parish. Um, We have a a very strong kind of social outreach and it's kind of shocking because it's like, it's Littleton, you know, like (laughs) we got a dry cleaner on every corner um, and, uh, you know, honey baked hams next to Starbucks. Um, Next to multiple Starbucks. Um, But um, we have people who are in real difficulties. And the the fruit of that has been, you know, people in our parish sharing part of their excess with with this. And it's not just, um, you know, I'm just going to write a check you know, to, to this and, you know, somebody else can do it. They actually go down and they work the food bank and they go down and they carry the huge bags of rice or flour or whatever else, you know, for these people. And, um, it's just, it's a beautiful, um, reality that many times we just overlook. Um, and, uh, St. Elizabeth of Hungary actually has one of the best social outreaches in the city. Hmm. Um, some yummy sandwiches. And um, yeah, and, and and you said it's from our excess, which is true. I think it was either Basil the Great or Saint Vincent de Paul. They 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 had very similar phrases regarding poverty, and I I can't think of who it was, but that said, you know, the coat that's in your closet you're not using actually belongs to the poor. So if you don't give that away, you're stealing from them. Yeah, and th- that is very much an excess. I heard that was Peter Marin, one of the founders of the Catholic Worker Movement. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I, they probably yeah. all borrowed from each other too. He probably um, cheated off yeah. Saint Basil. <laughs> but yeah, these are not new ideas. No, but but in addition to to excess, I mean, the scriptures are very explicit. Like the widow's might, she gave from her lack. Yeah. Like she didn't give from her excess. Yeah. She didn't give from what she didn't need and just didn't realize she didn't need it. She gave from what she needed, and I think that's something right. that when we look at the world around us and we say, if there's a need. It's not like, oh, I can't give because I don't have any excess. Like, I give from my lack. And and somehow then that leads me into the type of poverty of spirit that then makes me dependent upon God. And and then, you know, can be more receptive. I think, you know, going back to we need more saints that are saints that come out of poverty. We also need more saints that that come out of poverty, the unknown poverty of of normal family life. Those families that are going paycheck to paycheck and those parents that worry about how they're going to get food for their kids. They might live in a house. I mean, they might have paid off the house. I'm going to give to them. But they're still worried day to day like those those people are the ones that truly give from their lack because they're yeah. they're other people are dependent upon them especially their children they love so much and so their ability to give time talent treasure i mean all these things their their ability to be good stewards in the midst of that lack i think we we need more saints even more living examples of people to kind of be beacons to the rest of us of how to live in lack and how to love when i'm giving from what i what i need i'm giving what i do not have because I am f- understand that God is faithful and he will give me what I need if I'm able to be his hands and his, you know, the, the way he gives to other people that are yeah. in greater need. Well, and also like, you know, we're so crunched for time now. So a lot of people are like, how am I going to fit in doing more work, you know, when I'm already, you know, just super stressed yeah. and whatever else. I, at, down at Holy Ghost where I was assigned uh, as a as a, a theologian, like second, third and second and third theology and seminary uh parents would come with their kids 
to to work the sandwich line, and mm. the kids loved it. Yeah, they loved doing it because they liked to see the actual fruit of their labors. Yeah, and not just say, "Wow, we we bought ham." So that other people could make sandwiches and then give them away. No, they actually want to see the ham that they put on a sandwich go into the hand of somebody who's gonna look look at them and say thank you, and they're gonna say you know like have a nice day, and then watch that guy like rock that sandwich underneath the tree like <laughs> super excited that he doesn't have yep. to worry about that meal. Yep. Um, so, anyways. Um, Hands on in your poverty, absolutely. So yeah, there's a great prayer. I'll just conclude with that from uh, from uh, Paul the sixth that the missionaries of charity pray every every day, which is make us worthy, Lord, to serve our fellow man throughout the world who live and die in poverty and hunger. Give them through our hands this day their daily bread, and by our understanding love, grant peace and joy. Amen. Amen. So saints. Elizabeth of Hungary, St. Bridget of Scotland, St. Martin de Porres, St. Martin of Tours, and St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. Pray for us. Pray for us. Good to be saints. Bam. Shout outs. Shout outs. I've I've got this business card that says... Chris and Jeanette Norman, and I don't remember if I ever gave them a shout out, but I talked to Jeanette, um, and she said that Chris uh, works a soul crushing clerical job. No, she didn't say that, uh, but she listens. He listens to the podcast while he's at work, um, and uh, so he'll be delighted to hear a shout out. But if you got another one before, what the heck? Why not? Why not double? But now I can throw away this business card um, so that I can, you know, kind of clean up the space. We know the shout outs happened. All right, from emails, the more children. Jacob, his little brother Asher, and sister Amika. They dress up like ninjas. I'm guessing that's after the uh, Tsunami Ninja podcast. Really? They dress up like ninjas from Manitoba, Canada, and they uh, requested by their mom, Jillian. So thank you, Jillian, for calling in. God bless your little ones, Jacob, Asher, and Amika. I think I pronounced those correctly. All right, two youth ministers, Sarah and Corey from Our Lady of Lords in Dunedin, Florida. This is horrible. We should prep better for this. in Florida. Uh, what one of your teens wanted to shout out for you guys, your youth minister Sarah and Corey from Our Lady of Lords in Dunedin, Florida. God bless you guys. And also a message to my dear friend Julio Morales, who lives out there in Denver, from Tiana Alford. He used to volunteer with our youth ministry at Holy Faith Catholic Church in Gainesville, Florida. Julio faithfully listens to every episode, and we have a great time texting our thoughts and comments about the podcast to each other. So God bless you guys, too. Uh, two more. The Blessed Is She online community. Oh, I know them. Yeah. I follow them on Facebook. Fantastic Catholic women blog writers and blog readers. The Blessed Is She. Check guys that out. Check that out, guys. Blessed Is She. All right. Finally, the lovely and articulate Jenny Miller um, from... Uh, Julie D'Onofrio Myers uh, recommended this podcast to me when I met her at the Edel Gathering of Catholic Women in Charleston. You're always <laughs> laughing while I'm giving shout-outs. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I have I no just, idea what you're laughing <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to screw up another name. <laughs> you don't have to wait long, From I guarantee Charel, you. Charleston. See, this, this is what... <laughs> this is Charleston. Charleston, South Carolina. Somebody's somebody's gonna call their kid that now. Charleston. See, this is why I don't whine when people pronounce my name wrong because I, I can't do it anyway. I could never work at a well, Starbucks or well, what is the um, In and Out Burger? Don't they call your name there too? Yeah, yeah. I always do Nigel <laughs> when they say Nigel. Your your drink is ready. I'm like, thank you. Because <laughs> like Nathan sounds like Jason. 
or like some people call I him see. like Dathan. Right. And I'm like, just it's Nigel. Just say Nigel. Easy to pronounce. All right. God bless y'all. There we go. Keep doing good things. Catholic stuff. You know where we're at? Uh, right now we're number 30. What'd you say? You said 39. 37. 30, 39 or something like that on uh, Religion and Spirituality Podcast. So. On iTunes. On iTunes. We've been so. as high as 17. Thank Rumpf. you, Lou. Thank you, Lou. As high as 17. High as 17 that, on iTunes. That's incredible. Yeah. Because so, uh, Joyce Meyer's on there and yeah. she's, she's rocking it. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Thanks for helping us out. Later. Proud of that. <laughs>